Hey everyone, uh, it's Mike here. Uh, we don't have a plan today, uh, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, that's it. Welcome to that Roundup podcast, episode sixteen. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Yeah, episode sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Came, came back just without telling them, and just we're we're starting now. This guy's in a brand new apartment. <laughs> We're excited to have him back. We literally haven't spoken to each other in two, three weeks now. Me and Gavin, two weeks, right? No, one week. Two weeks. And we recorded last yeah. week with Frederick, right? That was a week ago. And then Mike, we yeah. haven't spoken to. We haven't spoken for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was saying, I just want to catch up. So we'll see what we'll see what happens here. Um, we got we got a couple basic topics. We got topics. We got Riga. Mm-hmm. We got Atlanta coming up. Uh, we got Gavin's plantar fasciitis. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. Well, it's not. <laughs> We can, we can touch on it, but let's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Scott, let's let's start with Riga. Uh, tell us about it. So Riga uh, in Latvia, it was the second European tour stop of the year, being uh, yeah the second one after Cluj that was hosted in Romania. Here, yeah, about I don't know beginning or end of April, I believe. So yeah, pretty big. Uh, everyone, a lot of teams there. I think 58 men's team around, around 58 men's team, 20 to 30 odd women's teams, and then 40 teams played mix. So I think 15 different nationalities. So another big event, big showing, a lot of good teams. And it was actually Benny and Nelson, who I think some people are quite familiar with. So, uh, they end up winning uh, the event, taking taking the final 2-1 against Hustling Brothers of Belgium, um, over Levy and his brother, Yosha. So, I mean, it was a very entertaining final. It was actually funny because the final was 21-12 to Benny and Nelson in the first set. And then the second set was like, 21-10 to Levy and Yosha. And then the third set, I think, went into extras. And I think, or it might, it might have been 22-20 or 21-19, but 21-19. either way, it was a very... Hey, very- so, well, two things first. Their team name is RCG Powerline. Is that correct? Yes. Two, for you guys, you've been at a few more events than I have this year. I see that as a trend so often where there's like big wins both ways or like the games aren't shaping up the way I think historically we've seen it. You will see things like that, like big win for one team, big win for another team, and then, you know, maybe a close third game or even big another way again. Do you know what's what's the deal with that? People are playing close round it. <laughs> if the servers are hot or not, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, yeah mean, I mean, that's fair. It's, it's interesting because this is Benny and Nelson's first win of the season. They were very much a uh, top team in Europe and expected to do very well in these events before the season. So now to get their first win, I'm sure they are very, very happy about it. Actually, I know they are very happy about it. <laughs> and um, I think because their season, they I think they lost in quarters in, in Cluj, the first European tour stop and then came third in Prague at sort of the next big uh, European tournament that was two weeks ago and then to win this tournament yeah it's just they have such a good defensive game they just needed to put a little bit more serve pressure on and get a few more serving breaks and improve their serve receive and you could just tell that they've worked a huge amount on it because yeah and that's why I think the games went so up and down first game was a very uh, complete complete performance from uh, Benny and Nelson getting defensive touches both of them getting aces. Uh, and then the second game, yeah, Levy and Yosha took over, especially Levy who's a left-handed server and very, very talented with a very good low quick cut and a very a similar reverse cut in the way that you really, it's hard to tell whether he's going cut or reverse. He disguises it very well. Uh, he got plenty of breaks in the second game. And then the third game was sort of like a mix up of everyone. Everyone got a few aces. 
both teams got a few defensive touches, but in the end, yeah, Benny and Ellison just got just had that edge. It was just, yeah, it was a really entertaining final. It's just so funny, like to me, that they won a game 21 10 and lose the series. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. I mean, yeah. but you're right. Maybe they go up by five breaks and it's like, all right, well, just let's relax on this one or something. I, I mean, that could be funny, a especially with Benny and Nelson. Yeah. The question is, did, did Levy. If they were, if he was, they were losing the first game quite, uh, quite by a bit of a margin. Did he just say, "I'm going to keep some of my best serve for the game too"? Why, why educate them or why give them that chance Mm -hmm. to serve, receive, or see some of my best serves and get familiar with them? When if we know we're going to lose a set one, I'm just going to drop a little bit more. I'm just going to hit like a. Yeah, cup. It's not going to be as wide. I'm not going to really fully swing, and then I can surprise them a little bit more and get a few more breaks. Game two. I don't know if he did that, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. Surprised me if he did. Um, <laughs> if he did, kudos to him. Smart idea. Don't show everyone what's in your bag if you're if you're a solid server and you're losing game one. Take notes. Do you guys do that? Do, do I yeah. do that? Oh, yeah. Not really. No. Well, you're never I, losing just... game one. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, As someone who's losing game one, <laughs> yeah, not losing I game do one. It. <laughs> Yeah, you're like yeah. let's let's save it a little bit. I might throw in a left here and there. You know, I don't. I, I'm doing a lot of lefts, but yeah, don't show everyone everything that's in your bag unless you're losing or unless you're playing game two and you just lost. Yeah, you need to pull them out. <laughs> but that's like you, you see, but you see that in other sports too. You see that in like table tennis, for example. They have like two, three solid serves, and then when it comes to the like, if it's I don't know nine eight or something, and they really desperately need a break. They're put out like mm-hmm. this serve that they haven't done for re- the whole game, and yeah. that will get them the break because it's just the opposition's unfamiliar with it. It's not surprising. Um, late, and I'm just familiar because I've just been watching it. But the assistive touch, double clutch finals, or who pulls out a lefty serve at at fifteen mm-hmm. nineteen mm-hmm. or uh, or sixteen nineteen or something, and it's just like okay, that's an interesting the weird one. I mean, he, yeah, he got the reverse yeah. right after, so it yeah. worked out. Maybe maybe he was just conditioning. I, I genuinely. <laughs> From from a certain angle, I thought that serve hit, and it just looked like the most disgusting thing. <laughs> but yeah. he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. It was it was good to see him <laughs> swinging left, though. It looked really comfortable. Yeah. yeah. One one thing I do want to say about the uh, the Rio Grand Slams, obviously, it was organized tremendously. It was like my first ever uh, European Grand Slam, but it was uh, yeah. Round Latvia did an incredible job in hosting the whole event. It was like an Olympic. It was held at the, like their Olympic stadium or Olympic venue sort of place, and it was just beautiful turf field, uh, good space uh, for both the Saturday tournament and the mix. Just a lovely venue, really well organized in regards to food, everything. Honestly, it was just like if we're talking about the sport being very professional, they did an incredible job in sort of raising that bar for tournaments in the future. But there's actually one thing I really want to talk about because it it just like hit me while I was at the at the tournament. So all. Th- three teams that podiumed in the men's division, they are either live in the same country slash city. Sorry, they live either in the same city together or in the same country. And that's really interesting because you look at Benny and Nelson, both from Graf, uh, Austria, and they live to very close to each other, a five, 10 minute cycle. Um, second place was Hustling Brothers from Belgium, Joshua and Levy. And I actually don't know if they live close or with each other or but I assume they're somewhat close. And then in third place, you had um, a team of future round net of Lucas and Jacob, um, who ended up, I think, oh, sorry, I think they both come from Munich and they both are based on the note. They both don't come from Munich, although they're both based in Munich right now. So it was just interesting to see that all top three teams are in the same city together, probably training, probably grinding. And even if you look at the fourth place at the European tour stop, it was actually two Austrians in Marcus and Rafi. 
And they are actually, one's from Vienna, one's from Gdab. So about three hours apart, but still the same country and they played a lot together. I mean, we talk about like team chemistry and everything, even with Fred last week, but gosh, you can tell that I think it makes a huge difference. How many teams do we have in the US top teams that are in the same state, let alone city? The, yeah, double clutch and and Fanaki model. Yeah. who has shown insane chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, uh, it's rarer. It was much more common back in the day. Um, but nowadays it, it's really doesn't seem to be a thing. I, I love it. I think it adds mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, Unless yeah. you're HDR. HDR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure when they're, when they're both home. Yeah. When they're both home. They're probably, um, not, they're probably at home less than other people are who are actually. Yeah. That's right. a good observation. I think it does add so much. I think it, I mean, it just, I mean, I don't think it's coincidence that that is what you're seeing uh, mm-hmm. at the top level in, in Europe there. And in the US, same thing. I think, you know, maybe right, team chemistry is extremely important. And I think geography is one way it plays into it. Right. Clark and Buddy, I think, have insane chemistry, even though they don't live together. Same with uh, Coleman, Epperson and Will Picone. So I think geography is like a huge, huge part of it and like will help um, Gabe and and Max of Fanaki Modell because they do practice together often. But I think it is like a piece of the puzzle. So if you're kind of struggling with team chemistry, you're not struggling, but you just get so much team chemistry just Mm -hmm. from practicing together and living together. It's not the end all be all. Right, you can still develop great chemistry without it, but it certainly helps. <laughs> I want to yeah. I want to take that a step further because I think like if if team chemistry based on geography is one piece of the puzzle, then having contem- com- competitive teams to play against within that that geography is very important. Well, obviously, but uh, you see like if you see like Fanaki Model playing against whoever's out there, right? We have all the all the guys that they have the opportunity to play against and train against. Um, I, I know that like Ryan Gross is pretty close to that area. No, but uh, as well as I know, Ravi has been out there a little bit at, at the very least, and um, yeah, I think that's super, super important too. And that's why we see these teams playing so well together. And then obviously, Double Clutch has so many players out in Texas at their beckoning call because they're Double Clutch. But uh, yeah, it's cool to see that these teams that are so close geographically have the opportunity to do so well. And then it makes you wonder if there's teams that aren't geographically located near each other, like Airbuds and uh, the other guys that are just mashups or teams for the seasons. Uh, how, how do they end up doing so well together? Do they have video calls and talk about strategy and stuff like that? Who knows? Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to see a, a big uh, non-geographically close team do really, really well, like Assistive Touch already has. But then again, they also have lots of people near them too. But yeah, yeah, super cool take. Yeah, I, yeah, it'd be interesting to see it come the end of the season. The, how these teams who are living together or you know are training together how they differ from teams that are yeah geographically split from one another but yeah uh carrying on about riga uh, i think it would be good to talk a little bit about the women's side because out of nowhere another team just comes and performs really well um that i hadn't particularly heard of before the tournament and that was uh curly fries i believe of two austrians and you know, it's sort of been a theme this year in Europe with players just sort of coming a little bit out of nowhere and performing really well because Europe haven't had tournaments two years. So, and over two but they haven't years, like interacted all together, right? No. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, yeah. 
And if you, if you started two years ago and you're in a good group, in a good environment, of course, you can get really good. So it feels like there's been a lot of teams not too many people have heard of because there haven't been Europeans. There may have been national tournaments within each country. But in regards to European tournaments, there's some teams that just come and just surprise people. And I mean, we've seen that a little bit on the men's side, uh, definitely on the women's side, uh, first in Prague two weeks ago. Um, and now, yeah, in uh, in Riga for this second Grand Slam of the year, too. So I just, yeah, I, I, very... From the from the U.S. perspective, I think like the talk has been right tiramisu versus twins. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think at this point, one thought would be like, oh, tiramisu is losing. They're not as good. I more think it's like, oh, wow, there's more than just one great team out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That's where my (laughs) thoughts lie to. Obviously, tiramisu are a great team. But if I'm honest, like some of the athleticism that I've seen of some of the women's in Europe, I haven't seen in the US. That's not to say they're better in any in any way. Um, I'd love, of again, like I've said, I want to see them play because, again, entertaining round net is entertaining round net. But I have to say, I haven't seen uh, girls of this athleticism of these players I've seen in Europe uh, in the US. So it's just going to be a really interesting matchup when we do see eventually some uh, continent matchups, hopefully at world. I, I would love to see just every single European women's team line up and play a, a single point against Twins. Just one point. <laughs> like every, every single one of them gets an opportunity. Like serving or serving? Maybe receive. a gauntlet? It might be a lot of double forward. You got a Rochambeau for every single one. Got a Rocky versus And just to see every single one lined up in a row, just to see if... One one beats them and then twins loses their title. It'd be amazing. <laughs> we should make that happen. Somebody coordinate this. I I think a gauntlet where it's like yeah. twins versus ever <laughs> just uh game quick quick games. But uh, it's I I'm just so re- think regardless of thinking of who's gonna beat who. Um, it's just so cool seeing the women's game being elevated this year and the amount of teams that come to this, these tournaments. The amount of women's teams, yep. unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel that that plays a part in how quickly we've seen the European women's scene go up, that there is yeah. so much competition to pick and choose mm-hmm. from that. And then over here in the US, we have a difficult time getting eight teams to sign up for a tour stop, let alone. I think it's amazing to see at the round of 16 full and, and these brackets and see all these women going head to head against one another and then uh, lots of parody. And the, the one thing about parody I'll note is that when, when Tiramisu comes out third, you know that they're going back home and they're grinding, whereas Twins hasn't played a couple of tour stops because they'd rather play in the men's division or the open division. And uh, if they play in the women's division, it's likely that they win and they don't have anything necessarily to grind. Um, it's although just that you, sense of comfort. Yeah, although they're obviously getting really good competition. So if you go in the men's, obviously right. vision and perform or even if you perform well but you go don't do particularly well in the tournament you're still potentially getting more out of that than going and winning yes. another women's division but no i mm-hmm. i i obviously am a strong believer in like you know compound gains and marginal gains over a long term and you mentioned that the us are struggling in some tournaments to get a lot of team that, that definitely doesn't feel the case yeah. in europe and it doesn't feel well, like what's the what's the difference yeah yeah I think like I what's think, happening. Well, this is I like we we can talk about this now and just say like yeah, the European scene is like uh, good and it's growing and there's a lot of uh, very talented women at the top. In my opinion, with the way it's shaped and the way it's looking, I can only see there being more and more women who are going to come and surprise people because it does seem like a lot of countries have set a really good foundation in regards to getting women and men's for that matter, but getting you know players into the sport. 
and then funneling funneling them up through to then those that want to take it more seriously have the opportunity and can get better where I mean it really I don't really feel like it's that in the US and I mean I think this is more of a club slash college system where it's more club based in Europe therefore you can join at any age and uh, come at any time and continue to do it after a certain age whereas college it's more like hey come play college a little bit more social and we're talking about the college scene whereas yeah Europe you can get these 24 year old players men's and women who you know stop playing and stop playing their sport but want to still like be competitive in some way get really good at round net and now they're like wow at the age of you know 25 26 and they're still going to continue to play um and that's only going to continue to happen i look at europe in five years especially round net germany i had a lovely conversation with johannes from servant body this weekend we was talking a little about round net germany setup and again if we're talking about compound gains over a long period of time watch out for round net germany in five years time three years time they have an unbelievable setup and structure for just filtering athletes and then to let them come to the top and have like constant tournaments every weekend where they don't need to travel outside. Like if we're talking about a perfect pot to, of improvement, Germany have done so well in setting that foundation that they're only going to continue to grow great women's players and great men's players. I mean, their men's national team is going to be one of the most, the most competitive national team to get onto in Europe, without a doubt. Wait, Germany's the new Texas. Spe- speaking of national teams, um, did our listeners hear that our very own Scott Beeks is has been selected for a national team? <laughs> yeah, everyone, big round of applause. Nice. Wow. Um, <laughs> Scott, tell us real, real quick. How, how did it feel getting that selection? No, obviously, very, very happy. Um, obviously, Great Britain aren't the one of the top three nations in the world. Um, but I think if you represent your country in any sport, that's a very good accomplishment and something to be proud of. Um, so no, I'm very, very happy, uh, very much looking forward to it. I have some plans in regards to trying to like build on it in regards to trying to like help players get sponsorship for Worlds. I have a couple of ideas that I'm going to share in the coming days slash week because I think it's a great opportunity for the sport to grow and get exposure. And also great opportunities for players then to get uh, sponsorships from outside the community into round. And Worlds, I think, is the perfect is the perfect uh, event where sponsors, I think, will be involved and help can help take getting money into round it to the next level. So I have a couple of ideas that I'll be sharing soon. Yeah, just obviously really happy about being selected. Now it's to determine who I'm going to play with. Yeah, what so was- do, 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 sorry, you can go, Gavin. Yeah, I was going to say, Scott, what, what exactly? I, I know I saw personally some of the posts on your uh, your Rona Instagram account about the kind of selection process and uh, how that kind of unfolded. But do you want to give the listeners a little bit more on that? How how uh, GB came came about selecting who was uh, on the team? So, um, yeah, so I think this has been a lot a question a lot of people have in a lot of countries because it like, feels like every country is comparing uh, how each you know governing body is doing it. But um, I know Great Britain, they had 16 men male athletes and 10 female athletes on the day and these athletes Mm -hmm. were picked or decided from national events so if you came in the top three at any national event you were given a automatic bid to come to this uh, selection day and then there was an additional three or four invites of which i received one because i wasn't able to play in national events having studying or being studying in the u.s Um, so then we yeah we came to this selection day 16 men 10 uh, 10 male 10 females uh, 16 males and it was so professional i can't i can't stress how professional and how well structured it was in regards to we got there 
everyone just met together. We had a presentation of how the day is going to look, uh, the plan. We had someone, Nick Corrigan, documenting it. That I know he's planning a big documentary um, following the Team GB for Worlds, which is going to be incredible. And yeah, so much, so awesome that he's doing so much work for that because it looks so cool already, the little uh, little snippets he's shown me. Um, but yeah, so we had the presentation, then we played some pickup, and the pickup was just... Uh, designated team uh they just told us each had a number and we'd each play partner they documented the results and then after we played pickup for like an hour and a half two hours then we'd done some testing some physical testing like agility tests speed tests um strength tests just to sort of set a baseline uh it wasn't particularly to be like oh you need to reach this requirement it was more like hey there's still a lot of time until worlds if you want to improve this area you can still improve it and we're going to get did you did you run a 40 sorry run a 40 in the, in the u.s that's a common thing you run a four, 40 yards right gavin is that yeah, right 40 yard dash at least in the fo- 40 yard dash did you guys run a 40 yard dash i might have been might have been around 40 yards might have been 30 <laughs> yards i think that would have been a 40 meter dash we did like a six of them with a 10 meter or 10 yard ish uh, walk in between and then mm-hmm. just yeah sprint in between uh, the distance but yeah, I did quite a few little tests and then lunch that was prepared and free for all the athletes. And then we then had like, uh, then we had that and again, pick up for like two hours after, but it was the committee who selected who would play with who and against who. Um, and I have to add, it was also at the University of Chichester, which was like an hour south of London and just at a brilliant venue. So if I'm honest, I was very just proud in regards to how professional the governing body had done it and how much effort went into it but that's how gb did it awesome. and then the selection was released on monday so obviously a couple of days prior to recording this you guys you know who you're playing so no they've just decided the the, the 10 males and the two reserves and the six females and two re- two reserves the team or the yeah the partners haven't been selected as of yet if i'm honest um i'll I would probably see myself playing with Tom Rogers just because he's in Virginia um, and we're both on the East Coast. We could potentially play some tournaments together. But then there's Archie, um, Archie Powell, I think his name, I think his second name is, is in California. Um, that's a bit a bit tougher. And then obviously I can't really match with anyone in GB uh, given I can't train or go back there before Worlds. So um, you do have some experience with uh, with Mark though, right? So that Yes, however, Mark, Mark, Mark is not on the team. Um, he could represent oh. GB. However, he's originally from Australia, so he's deciding to represent Australia, uh, and that's why he also. Well, that's why we didn't play together at the most recent uh, European Tour Stop event. He played with Tommy Nichols, which is an OG European baller, a very good mm-hmm. player, and he is also Australian, but both living in London, so they wanted to get nice. some under their belt. So yeah, that was the process. Really, really good. Um, and I know they have a lot of plans in trying to do as much as they can for the athlete. Uh, sounds yeah, it's really exciting to be. It's so exciting to see how other countries do the selection process for big teams like this. But one thing that I w- w- will note is that, I mean, we did have a USA qualifier for the United States, but more than that, I I mean, we haven't had our train yet, so I, I don't want to jump ahead of the gun and make assumptions, but where's all this organization and all this uh, exciting professionalism in the United States? We got to bring our game up so we can match with you guys that's that's super cool to hear about that you guys had food prepared it was at a university and um that just super exciting to hear about all that yeah i mean it's not to obviously play down any other national team and how they're doing it i mean everyone can do it whichever way they want and we obviously don't know all the details behind how each governing body are deciding to do it i just obviously can say how um not surprised but um very uh i don't know satisfied what's the word you know (laughs) just um just yeah really happy that it was taken so professionally 
originally and it was just prepared so yeah so effective nice um, special yeah yeah so um before we move on to maybe talk maybe a little bit about atlanta i just want to mention a couple of things about riga or actually particular people because Another conversation I had with people uh, in Riga was about in Roundnet Germany, they have, you know, different people doing different things for their skill set. And if you think about anything, work, uh, life, company, successful company, you're going to have people doing what their best attribute is. If they're not the best Roundnet player, well, you know, they're not going to be your top. We'll have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? Um, If you're... If, if, if you're really good at um, marketing or something, then you might do the social media for your uh, governing body. For your podcast. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> away from the podcast. Right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You got it. You got it. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, you know, there's, yeah, in right. Germany, they very much have uh, something for everyone and they want to use the strengths of everyone. So everyone loves the sport, but it's not like everyone needs to be the best athlete for the sport. Mm-hmm. And it was just really interesting talking to Lucas, um, Lucas, Tapkin, I think his second name is, um, came third with Jacob at the tournament during lunch, talking a little bit about Roundnet Germany and itself. I don't know, it, it just highlighted to me how Roundnet sort of, if we want to take it to the next level, should be run in a similar manner. If you have people who are really good at certain things, but they all have Roundnet, then get them to do or, you know, ask them or see if they want to do something that's within their skill set. Um, and that's what they have in Roundnet Germany. And even talking about torn, I mean, I'm going to say a couple of names. This doesn't mean this is only their, their only skill set, but we all know Asaya and the incredible photos that he's taking during the tournaments. Now, he is a great player. Um, but he's also got a huge talent for taking pictures and he you know he goes out of his way every tournament almost takes so many photos shares them with the community for free like the selfless work is you know very much appreciated and the same thing you talk about i mean there's loads of people like this thomas to name another in austria he goes and comment commentates on every game he brought his equipment from austria and streamed the round net uh, the finals in riga and the stream was incredible um the referees that obviously uh, go or observers that come to games and just you know they're mm-hmm. not doing anything they're not getting paid but oh there's a you know a, a game that needs observing yeah go and observe and uh yeah I think, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's cool how everyone is pitching in. And and those people really elevate the scene. I'm thinking in like the US, right? We have Taylor Sanford, who definitely plays an occasion, but he just runs a crap ton of tournaments because he's good at running tournaments. Uh, I think of uh, Logan Cornelius and Brian Childs run uh, Taser and, and they run Lone Star and they run it pretty well because they're good at uh, business thing, you know, but even there's Ben Dantowitz who, you know, goes and just streams for everyone. And like, I'm sure so many people would also like rather be playing, but I think, I think the hardest part is getting good players to like do the extra stuff that they're also good at, but that's also their, their prerogative if they want to uh, just play. But I think like, I think having these opportunities for people to use their skills in the round neck community is is huge and invaluable to the scene. And it says, if you have the opportunity, like right around that Germany, if they're right, if they say, you know, Hey, we don't need any more top players. We would love someone who's good at managing social media and growing our, our online platforms. And someone's like, cool. I love Roundnet. I'll come to the pickups and I'll, I'll d- donate a couple hours a week to doing uh, social media. And we can't have That's this conversation huge. without mentioning the wonderful Andrew Gassaway who selflessly puts on <laughs> the streams at the, the tour series and uh, who is a pretty talented player himself. So thank you, Gassaway. We love you. Anyways, Very I'm going to do my gas impression. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's, hey, that's he's got game. the, he's got one of the, he's got a top five Fuango. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do my gas impression. 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of you're course. too kind. I mean, Gasway did it for several years before yeah. even uh, you know, eventually now getting hired by Spyball to, yeah. to do it. Yeah, um, Billy, but yeah, but, no, I just um, thought, yeah. So, I think the other thing, and we talked about this a little before, is that um, also we're not trying to toot ourselves up. Um, we're more trying to encourage other people. But the other thing is, um, you know, as a community recognizing and uh, that these people are doing this. Um, so the example is observers, you know, in the US observers do get paid, you know, uh, 10 bucks a match, but I'm sure in Riga and other places, they, uh, they aren't, but also know that they'd probably rather be sitting down and, uh, and watching the game. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, appreciate these people that are, are, are doing some, some extra things for you. I, I think, yeah, goes for anything in the sport when people are going that extra mile to help but yeah side with the pictures or thomas with the stream but yeah especially with observers too obviously uh you know people could sit down and what and uh i think it's it's, it's pro- probably on an observer on an observer basis probably more of like a culture thing where we haven't really talked about it and people were sort of unaware of oh you thank the opposition and then you thank the the observer because most games you don't have observers, so it's just not on your <laughs> you're on your mind to okay thank the opposition and then go thank the observers because that you don't you don't do that only when you get far in a tournament. Um, so maybe it's just something that some players or players any player really when you get to that further stage and you do have an observer um, is something that comes to your mind even if you disagree with their calls. You can still thank them. <laughs> Look at the abuse that <laughs> soccer referees go through in 90 minutes by 70,000 fans. I think this, the, most of the players still go up and shake their hands after. Oh, I think yeah. it goes without saying that if you see someone at a Roundnet tournament or online representing the Roundnet community doing something that they aren't obligated to do for you, whether it, direct, it directly impacts you or not, a thank you is warranted. And you don't feel like you don't feel like you have to say thank you, obviously, but if if they're putting stuff out there for other people, I just think just just give them a yeah. quick thanks. Like if somebody observes your match or observes somebody else's match for that matter, and you feel like, hey, that was a good match. Hey, thanks for observing that. That was great. great. Or if somebody's taking thanks. pictures and they aren't even posted online yet, walk up to them at the tournament. Hey, thanks for what you're doing because a lot of people are going to get value out of this. I think that's how we yeah. propel people further forward once they get that recognition and they're appreciated and know that they're appreciated. It makes them want to come back and do it more. And that's so yeah. valuable to our community. Thank your TD. Thank everything. I think it's just part of like <laughs> building the, I think we talk about all the time on this podcast, just building the culture. And yeah. it sounds like we're prescribing a lot, but it's more just like, Hey, Hey everyone, this is the culture we would like to see in Roundnet. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's build that together. Yeah, we're yeah. not the, we're not perfect people. I've definitely seen and watched matches that were observed and not said thank you to the, Th- this will be me, me prescribing. The n- yes. number one thing you can do is to pick up your trash at the end of an event. Oh. If you're a TD, the, the amount of trash that needs to be picked up at the end of the day, at least at SDS events is very high. So, um, um, please pick up your garbage, carry in, carry out, treat it like a national park. Uh, the, the venues do not need to have us there. Oftentimes, sometimes they, they don't want us back. So, um, not oftentimes, but it's habit. It's habit. Um, Take care of the space. Respect it. Uh, set a good standard for our for our culture and our thing. Bang. Shall we talk a little bit about Atlanta? How are you guys feeling about that? Well, I'm, we... I'm excited, personally. Oh, yeah. Very. It looks like there's a pretty stacked 
uh, pretty stacked uh, open division, premier division. There's about four, like 39, 40 teams. Uh, we're missing, I, I counted two names in general. Um, it was wonky sauce. Yar won't be showing up, but if you guys can think of any others, but I'm I'm really excited for it. I'll be playing myself as revised Broken Good. So if you're on Fuego and you want to see us, uh, excited for that. And then, uh, yeah, su- super, super big, exciting tournament that should be a lot, a lot of fun. It's a challenge, right? No major. Back to the challenger schedule on the STS. Correct. Challenge. Yeah, very Did you guys enjoy the major kind of format um versus the challenger i unfortunately didn't see a lot of it due to obviously the stream being down true true well, unfortunately yeah, i yeah. don't have too much of i it. imagine you did <laughs> yeah i was saying i i personally i really like having a little more spread out I like having it a little more room to breathe. Um, I will watch some, some phone stream on Sunday. I kind of like it. I think if, and, and the, the series pool play is great. Obviously it'd be, I think it would be nice if we could do that all the time, but so I'm a fan. I know it's a lot for the players to stay an extra day and play an extra day, but as a spectator, I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, we talked about it two weeks ago. Didn't we talking about pro the fact that pretty intense. You have oh the- yeah. Right. So right. having, I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of either shortening it or having the championship Sunday. And that challenges, yeah. yeah. If you can do it one way, if you can do it some way, but yeah. of course we don't want to drop coed because I think there's been some. Really yeah, that's the other thing too. There's no mixed division. So, so I think I think yeah, I like the I like the championship in the way that, or sorry, the major in the way that you do obviously have uh, the break and then just the big games on the Sunday. And you can tune in hopefully to the stream uh, and watch them. But yeah, hopefully yeah. Saturday, yeah, just in, a, in the format still good enough where yeah. everyone's not absolutely burnt out when it comes to finals a really big premier division i think it is 38 teams which i have no idea the numbers so i don't know if that's more than we've had but that sounds like a lot of the teams um and yeah like gavin said a lot of the top teams the pr is not out yet so i can't say uh what number of teams how many top 10 teams etc but i think you're right but right we have double clutches mashing up no assistive yeah. touch no assistive touch so Essentially, a lot of the top teams that no assistive touch, um, know how to round net, no wonky. But no right, we wonky. got Air Buds, we got Finaki Model, we got Cruise Control, we got Switch Hit. Um, I think the cool uh, thing for me that um, you may have read at the preview at this point, but you guys don't, so that's okay, um, uh, is that Air Buds is one in one versus Finaki Model. They're one in one versus Cruise Control and Switch Hit. Um, they haven't played Switch It, but Switch It beat uh, Will Pacone and Christian Bennett, and then beat Coleman Epperson and Garrett Hornoff. So, <laughs> so, te- so Airbuds has played all of them, um, but I also I don't think Airbuds has played um, Double Clutch or even Ryan Gross. Um, I could be wrong; they may play Swervy, but a lot of matchups. Airbuds has a lot of experience with all these teams, and so I think that'll that'll be cool to see them settle some scores. But besides that, like those like the Double Clutch mashup, Funky Model and them are doing. Uh, yeah, like I I think I don't know who will win. Like through all those, obviously yes. you could probably see it in a certain way, but there's a lot of parody going on, which is just like unreal. Yeah, and the, yeah, <laughs> starting just from the is it? I'm guessing the round of 32 is going to be so intense, and the round of 16 is going to be the round of 16 is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're planning on doing stream wise. If they're planning on streaming the uh, first the quarterfinal men, or the women's semifinal yeah. and then final and then men's final, I'm not sure, but. I mean, there's some great games going all the way, obviously. Round of mm-hmm. 16, I'm sure a lot of people want to watch. Yeah, and no Bully yeah. Maguire, I just remembered. Yeah, uh, Gavin, no of all those, yeah, of all those teams we mentioned, um, who would you be Who would you be most excited to play or think you have the best opportunity to 
of those amazing songs. Ooh, I think I would like to play Mo. I'm going through the names now. I think it'd be fun to play Airbud. I've give, I've hyped them up a little bit on the podcast, and uh, to have an opportunity to go up against those two would be fun, especially since uh, getting into the sport. Coleman Epperson was one of the first uh, higher level players that I had the opportunity to see at college now. So uh, yep. to go and see how I stack up against that team specifically, it'd be a fun time for me. And I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Will Pacone's game as well. So uh, yeah. maybe pool play, maybe, maybe bracket. It'd be fun. I would be excited. I'm yeah. excited to play just about anybody in this, in this, uh, in this pretty stacked division this, this weekend. And I'm uh, excited to compete and I'm playing with Daniel Good, who is a very talented player himself. So hopefully we can go out and make some upsets and, uh, and, uh, have a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very excited. Is this your first, uh, STS event of the year? So, far, so, I, so I actually went to um, STS Erie last year, and then um, between Erie and Chicago, I went to I went to Livonia Bang, and that's where I, it was a sanction, which was a sanction event, which but it wasn't STS, and I ended up getting getting premiere and then played Chicago tour stop premiere. So it'll be my second ever premiere tour stop. Um, kind of speaking on that near improvement premiere. Sorry that I'm rehashing content that I'm putting in uh, the preview, but I think it's really cool to note from an improvement standpoint that the last time um, the last time the SDS was in Atlanta was about three years ago. At that event, Noah Luskis got premiere. So just three years ago, Lo- Noah Luskis got premiere. And guess who came and tied for last at that event three years ago? Sorry, tied for last in premiere. So still good, but tied for last in premiere. Coleman Epperson. Coleman Epperson on Airbuds. Could win this event. Uh, three years ago, was tied for last in the Premier Division, and so I think that shows. You're maybe you're thinking, dang, he was like at the bottom of Premier, and it took him three years to get to the top. <laughs> and not everyone does, but um, yeah. it's right. That's just it. Just represents the grind, right? You said you first saw him at College Nationals that year, right? Yep. You know, and then he was just Premier. He did not do very well, and three years later, right, he was a Nationals uh, finalist. Um, I, I find that stuff really um, that been able to do that. I looked through the results list, and I was like, "That's wild." I bet you could find wild. loads of results like that that just like yeah. really interesting. Someone, yeah, yeah, doing really poor. I just looked at the advanced podium. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, that's Noah Luskis. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's it's. Um, I find that stuff really cool. It's also notable to see like the rehashing of players, like. Only two players in the top eight at that event are like still playing like active. One of those, Frederick Hinkle, other one, Addison Powers. Um, so no surprise, but it's it's really cool the amount of like players that are still active, maybe in the lower half of that premiere, or probably even in advanced. Um, that it's just, you know, more people come in, people get better. I I find that stuff really cool. I like I love history for for many aspects. That one is seeing just the progression of these players. Um over the course of that year like um yeah that that was frederick playing with his 2018 2019 partner um or uh, i'm i'm all messed up yeah it's 2018 partner george rizik as archangel archangel then he played with chris hornstack for a little bit like it's uh it's cool like you know most people don't know frederick besides last year coming in double clutch but mm-hmm. he's been grinding for a very long time as you know as is you know you guys probably already talked about on the we talked about on the cast with him and if you um, want to listen to any cool. of that, if you want to <laughs> yeah, check out our last history, check out Round Out Quiet yeah. podcast. Round Out Legends, which which I recorded three months ago and have not put out, so maybe I'll uh, I'll finally oh. put those out. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> I mean, they sh- they should be out. Topics. Oh, wait, quickly, women's in Atlanta. Ooh, um, yes. what's the so un- unfortunately, um, we're not going to see twins versus Biggie Smalls, even though all of the players will be there. 
as of the signups now, it looks like Allie Foster and Allie Jenke are playing together in women's. Katie Pearson is matching up. Um, and Olivia Jenke is playing with Ethan McWhorter in Premier. Um, so we got a little bit of action. We're not getting that Twins Biggie Smalls matchup that I'd like to see. Um, but we also have Graham Rogers and Kickstart coming as well as uh, some other zesty um, and some other East Coasters. So um, I think it'll be it's it's and there's 14 teams, so it's going to be a solid division. Uh, yeah, like I said, no thus. Um, but I'm excited to see Graham Rogers kickstart again, and especially see how those two do against the the mashups. Um, but because last time uh, Graham Rogers and Kickstart actually didn't play in. Um, they didn't play in Richmond. They didn't meet in the they 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 didn't meet in the semis. Essentially, what happened then one made, but they finished second and third. So I'm excited for that matchup. Um, you, you know, who knows? Kickstart could have made uh second if there was true second at that event. So that's a matchup I'm excited to see. I hope the seeds allow for it. Um, I'm excited to see how they do with the mashups as well as you know we're talking about not as many women's teams, but there's 14 here. Um, and I think some in an intermediate well, so decent depth uh, should be a good one. Yeah. Go women's round net. <laughs> I, I, that was all really cool. I just still was a little bit unmotivated when you said f- 14 teams. I was just like, yeah, we just have I know. 39 in just the premier division and men 14 on the women's side. And like, yeah. the, uh, maybe there's a few in intermediate, but still 14 in the highest women's division. There's, yeah. there's work to be done. Yeah, definitely work to be done. I don't want to end on that negative note. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> That's not negative. I think that was encouraging. There's work to be, there's work to be done. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what happens. Gavin, predictions for this weekend. <laughs> predictions for this weekend. So for the men's division or the open division, I have, I do think that cruise control will go ahead and take it. And uh, maybe, maybe a Fanaki model under, am I missing somebody? What? I'm getting looks for them. I'm getting looks from them. Oh, I mean, I mean, cruise control is fair, a fair take. It's just, it's, it's not the given take, but right. that's a fair well, take. I mean, Hey, I think they're due that's for fine. One. Um, yeah, kind of the the last I, I think they they uh, had quarters last time or something like that, and or the the last two times they've been getting beat up beat up a little bit, and I'm excited to see them come. Oh, they're fine. They have two. They have two fourth places. They're doing fine. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I do. I yeah, do they're see, doing fine. I do see cruise no, but- control. I see cruise control coming out on top. Um, I want to see I want to see Airbuds and Fanaki model coming either second or third, and then um, whoever comes in fourth, I'll give you a dollar. All right, Scott, wow. what are you thinking? Um, with all due respect, not cruise control. I don't think uh, I think that was a very hot take, Gavin. I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong, but I think I there's do. too many other teams in the field, too stacked of a field. I think for Joe and Garrett to take it, I struggle to see past assistive touch, double clutch going again, both being in the top three. All right, all right. assistive touch is not going to be here. Yeah. Double clutch is mashing up. Rahul is playing with Gross. Uh-huh. Frederick's playing with uh, Danny. And I think that um, Raul and Ryan Gross, anyone who plays has a huge chance. And anyone who plays with Raul has well. So I think that could be another top three, if not top two. But um, I do want to give respect. Cruise to, control is going to win. I, I think cruise control could could take it. Okay. And I think I think either one or I think I've, I've tied the one and two spots between Airbuds and cruise control. All right, Scott, I'll give you the list again real quick of like the top, top teams. Right. We got we got Gross and Murphy. We got Hinkle and Abram. We got Finocchi Modell, Airbuds, Cruise Control, Switch Hit. Uh, I'll even throw uh, Bazinga in there. I, I think Bazinga is due for a top four. But well, we'll see if I officially make that take. But. Let's hear that. <laughs> I like it. OK, they've 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 gotten quartered both times uh and lost to the winner in each so it's like if they had a better matchup could they have uh made the top four okay we'll see. so okay all right thanks so given that information <laughs> uh i would definitely given that information i 
I still think uh, cruise control is quite a bit of a hot take. Um, and I always say Gross and Rahul will get on podium. And yeah. I also think Gabe and Max will get on podium. And the third team, I think, is obviously up for grabs. Switch it, Airbuds, Cruise Control, any of those three. Obviously, plus a few more could get it. But if I'm honest, I would like to see Switch It get it just because mm-hmm. how well they did in getting podium in, in, in Dallas, Texas earlier on in the, in the year. And... Yeah. This is their second event together as a team. I can only think they've proved as a team. And they already already was very good. Um, so I think like Frederick said, they're both just hitting serves. Like to the level win. they can, <laughs> they're gonna do yeah. well. Like it it's just a question of like if you're the opposition, you struggle to do anything about it. If they're hitting the serves they know they can consistently, they're gonna get on podium. So yeah, I think those top three teams or those three teams are definitely uh up there for me. Yeah. And for myself, I am not oh, oh sorry, I was gonna say sorry. I was just gonna sorry, say Gavin, for, meant, what? You were oh, in that mixture of teams coming in third place. <laughs> nah. I, I was just going to say, and for myself, I think I see my plantar fasciitis and runner's knee from running a half marathon last week. I have I have myself probably getting. I know you, you you just stole my thing. I was about to say I'm not going to give my full <laughs> prediction, but I got I got revised, broke him a good, taking it home. <laughs> Joni wasn't injured, Gavin. I'd have you as my as, as my top seed. I'm no, not using that as a crotch. I'm going to go. I'm playing my hardest. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Well, we saw what happened. Um, a pretty decent calf, mm-hmm. at least I think so. A, a little out of everywhere, but we talked. We talked. Uh, does anyone fancy doing a little bit of an out? I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> guys we we, we gavin tapped his nose for a not me nose ghost. Okay. Nose ghost. Uh, yeah i forgot what it was called nose ghost. i don't know what it's called yet we're, we're when i listen to it in post-production i'll come up with a nice little title um but yes thank you guys for listening episode 16 of that round it podcast feel free to check out us on social media uh, on Instagram at that roundnet podcast, and also obviously feel free to check out us three, us three's individual roundnet accounts: Mike White roundnet, Gavin underscore roundnet, Beaks underscore roundnet. Uh, so yes, and on that note, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, you'll hear us next week. But thanks. <laughs>